everyone and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am Mary Catherine Hume, your host. I'm here with Vic Mattis of the Free Beacon as always. This is your morning show for any hour. And that means you can have a mimosa or a martini, anything you want to join us. How's it going, Vic? Or a birthday cake. Hello, Mary Catherine. This is, I believe, our first birthday episode, by which I mean, I mean, we taped in February, but when, when my birthday was, but this is an episode that is taped on your big day. On the birthday. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday. Do you look forward to birthdays still? I like birthdays, although I have to say that the shine is, the bloom is off the rose. <laughs> although my husband woke me up today and said, you're a, you're a very young 42. Babe. Oh, <laughs> that's, this is a. Uh, it's it's one of the things that's funny when, you know, you explain to your kids because, you know, 11 months away, they're thinking about the next birthday. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They can't wait for the what the party is going to be, where they want to go, who they want to invite, whatever. And and having to explain to them that you actually personally don't care about your own birthday. They're like, what? What do you mean? Um, so, yeah, I've, I agree with you because and, and I want to keep a positive attitude because I think I think each trip around the sun is a blessing. So I'm glad to be here. However, I have had two really bad birthdays in a row. Uh, One was April 5th, 2020, which was my 40th birthday. April 5th, 2020 was the thick of it. There was no, no one was leaving their homes. I believe someone brought over like muffins to me, like like little cupcakes to me. At a distance, did and they bring it over? At a distance, distance they left it, the they ran away. I'd seen wearing a mask, basically. I was like, oh, are we doing that? And then some friends dropped off a card for me, but very, like, because nobody knew back then, they dropped off a card and they were like, you know, maybe leave it for a couple hours, you know, because we were still in the walking oh, grocery yes, stage. Yeah, yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Contact, it's the contact. And then I had like a little Zoom gathering of friends, which was fine, but it's like, you know, oh, the Zoom gathering like, is just the worst. I mean, you know, I've done it too. It's so much work. No, it, feels, it, it is. It's and it's like, I'm, you're thankful that people have done it. And also you're like, whew. It's, it's a, you know, because you're shocked. It's weird. The, the di- There's a weird interaction, dynamic delays, pauses when you're talking to people. And, you know, you, you, you can't talk over people sometimes. It's too much. Do you have anything special than planned for now that well, you're we're, we're out of it? Do you have anything yes, special? So I don't have anything super special planned because uh, you won't be surprised uh, because I'm not good at planning. So <laughs> maybe like, somebody else's. Right. It would require me like thinking ahead, hmm. telling my husband what I want to do ahead of time. However, oh, let me let me rewind real quick. My second bad birthday was last year. And that was just because of the miracle of life. I was so sick oh. that I did not leave my bed all day except to stumble downstairs and eat. They, my, my family very sweetly made a birthday cake for me, birthday cake in quotes, that was just a Pop-Tart with a candle in it and some goldfish around it because oh. those were the only things I could eat. Yeah, that wouldn't, it wouldn't upset. I hope that, I hope that didn't upset your stomach. No, that, see, that was like the, for some reason, like just trash carbs are the only thing I can keep down in those situations. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that was that birthday. So now tonight though, I don't know if I've discussed this on the podcast before. Uh Oh, the family is going to a very special place. Oh. <laughs> going to the melting pot. <laughs> All right. So this is a place that you really want to go to. I unabashedly, unironically love the melting pot. It is a great place to take a group of people. It is fun. The kids enjoy it. 
And the food is good. The eating is the activity. Yes. Yeah. The eating is the activity. Uh, so it's fondue. Is everything fondue? Yes. You sit there and there's a pot. Yeah. It's already bubbling. There's the, so the first course is like apples and cheese, apples and bread that you dip in cheese and some, some crudite. That oh kind my of situation. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying like, crudite because that makes it fancier. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's what it is and, you, and then they bring you like meat to do in a coca van that's also oh. fancy you see how fancy the milk coca van <laughs> my goodness uh uh so so you know it's funny i i've uh, uh my my sister's husband is dutch and they're big on this sort of thing it's one of them is called raclette and that's like melted cheese yes. uh and the other one is gourmet and it's the same thing where you have these little skillets and you're cooking and everyone gets it's a very family it's, it's fun fondue fun. is an occasion it's an occasion it's, like, it's an activity it's a celebration i enjoy it and your older girls it's safe for them too right to just well we'll find watch. out watch Happen for your husband. Safe, right? Safe. Well, you know what? I believe in letting them free range a little bit. So, you know, if they eat some undercooked chicken, oh, they'll right. learn their lesson. That's right. So they have to cook the meat in there too, right? They so, do. And well, they, like give you, they give you times for that. So you they give you sort of suggested. Oh, sure. Sure. Like if you're doing pork. Uh, uh, and what I think is interesting about this uh, as a business model is they can't build in a certain like amount of time, like you're only going to be there for an hour and a half because these things take time, right? I mean, they take time yes. to cook these things. So it's- well, and I, I just remember it being, and this is, I don't know if this is why it's aspirational for me or something. I remember it being a very fancy thing when I was a kid. Like people would go to prom dinner at Melting Pot. People would go to wow. birthday dinners at Melting Pot. It was like, it was an occasion, okay? I, macaroni grill was also like this for me. I thought macaroni grill. Romanos macaroni grill. Yes, it's, it's it's a fancy night out. Yeah, that, that was like my family going to lobster, Red Lobster or Lobster Shanty. Yeah, there was uh, anyway. Yes. So, uh, well, good for you. Happy birthday, and uh, I, I and and at least you have a warm house to come home to, whereas our furnace is dying. Oh no! Yes. It's on the fritz. It came home. We were away this weekend at beautiful Airly in Virginia. Came back and it was, you know, it's, it's that dank coldness. And it was like 63 degrees. And I look at and which is funny because if it's 63 degrees outside, I'm like, oh, good. I'll put T-shirt and shorts, you know, 63 inside. It's like freezing. It's like I'm double layering. I look like Steve Bannon, you know, it's like, I just, I can't, it's so cold, you know, so many shirts, so many shirts. And, and, and so. You know, it's like, well, you can replace the gas valve for like 700 bucks, but you know, you know, the things might conk out. It's pretty old. It's not even that old. It's like 14, 15 years old. I don't know. The, the, but you know what they say? That's about the age of, of, of a furnace these days because they don't make them like they used to. They we got don't this. make them like they used they to. They don't. That's this what is- I tell my husband about the ladies too. Yeah. <laughs> they're not built the way they used to. Yes, they're, they were built better. You, uh, you take your young 42 and you enjoy it. He will. He will. And for, for and I want to make the same thing. When I'm talking about 15 year olds, I'm talking about furnaces, by the way. <laughs> and so, uh, so like I was saying, you know, but we bought them at a time where they said, oh, you know, this, you know, it's it's environmentally friendly and this and that. And you get all these rebates. Remember the rebates oh, yeah. for the furnaces? Yeah. Well, these things are terrible. They're, you know, so, so sure enough. It's like and that's the electric what the, car. Yeah, that's no. Good. It'll pay off in 67 years. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So the obsolescence, obsolescence is built in. But there we are, and they're replacing it on Friday, which I think is a miracle considering all the supplied stuff. So 
whatever. That, that That's what's happening. I was in your neck of the woods this weekend. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. I had some lobster. I uh, saw the water. I didn't go to any beaches or the shore, but I saw some. Oh, I should have gone to the shore, the beach. I know. Well, the beach is nice off season. We told uh, we told the kids watch to go back when there's a little bit more boardwalk stuff open. So oh, yeah. Check it That's out. right. But That's Steve's right. best friend lives up yes. there. So it was his birthday. We went and surprised him for his birthday and and just had some, you know, a ton of food. because nice, nice Italian family with lots of food. I know, I know, I think I know where he lives. If it's, it, it's his friend who lives, who still lives there. It's like off of a uh, kettle, uh, kettle Creek road, whatever it is. Uh, but anyway, the, um, what, what was the name of the place that you went to, to eat the lobster? Uh, it was restaurant. called Point Lobster, I think, Bar and uh, Grill. Yeah, and very it nice. was good. Up and there. then we went, uh, and then had a bunch of ordered in for, for dinner, mm-hmm. stuffed my face, had too many margaritas, watched Duke lose, went to bed sad. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Do you want to talk about that? No, we can talk about that now. We'll talk about it later. It's all right. You know, it is It is what it is. This is basketball. I mean, that's the beauty and the sadness of the sport is that uh, you don't get your storybook ending. Let me ask you, did you have them going this far? No, I didn't necessarily think they'd make it to the final four in this final year of Mike Krzyzewski. So it was nice to see that. I think that's, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. He, of course... I uh, would have loved to move on. I kind of detached from the rivalry part of it because I was like, it's too much if I think about it too much. Yeah. <laughs> it bugs. I'm, I'm sure it bugs him to lose to UNC twice. Yes. But he made it to the final four. And I think, you know, the the, the Duke, Duke students uh, and Duke fans take this for granted because they expect this to always sort of be the thing like we're always going to be in the tournament. When are we not in the tournament? You know, Georgetown is dying. That basketball program is in tatters. So be grateful, Duke fans, whoever you are. Yeah, no, it's whoever you whoever are. you are. I don't know, except for you. I don't know what <laughs> no, else. It's fans. been a great. Uh, no one can deny it's been a great week for the Coach K or great month for the Coach K haters. But still, to my mind, uh, the goat uh, when it comes to college coaching. And I know the John Wooden fans and some Dean Smith fans will uh, quibble with that. Maybe Roy Williams fans as well. But yeah. I. And uh, Team Coach K, I just think on the merits, he's like the, he's the Tom Brady. Did you watch last night's game or no? I I didn't. But neither uh, did I. But I, I probably yeah. should have because I'm sure it was an amazing game. But I it, it, yeah, I was still mourning. I was mourning. You were in mourning. You were mourning. The, it, the, it, it was close, I see. But I, I, I somehow forgot about it. And I ended up watching instead the latest episode of Winning Time on HBO about the Showtime, the L.A. Lakers. Oh, it's so good. And now a word from our sponsor, The Spectator. As the longest running magazine in the world, The Spectator rejects identity politics in favor of intelligent conversation and thought. From the war in Ukraine to the ideological war in the classroom, from the rise of inflation to the rise of cancel culture, The Spectator has been dedicated to stimulating reporting and analysis since 1828, y'all. The U.S. edition of The Spectator has just newly come ashore and is bringing the high-quality writing and analysis to U.S. audiences for the first time. The Spectator also covers the best in books, travel, food, wine, and much, much more. Those are and my favorite things. We have a special offer for listeners of Getting Hammered. Sign up today and you'll receive three free months of the print magazine and full digital access. Plus, they're going to send you a free Spectator hat. I mean, come on, swag. Just go to spectatorworld.com slash special offer and use the offer code HAM, H-A-M, really simple to spell, spectatorworld.com slash special offer and use the offer code HAM, H-A-M. 
I love The Spectator because it is committed to the quality of its reasoning and writing, not to a particular political party. I also, not going to lie, love getting a nice print product in my mail. It's like a little treat. So sign up today to get three months of The Spectator, plus get your free Spectator hat when you subscribe today at spectatorworld.com slash special offer. Use the offer code H-A-M-HAM at checkout to redeem your offer. That's spectatorworld.com slash special offer and use the offer code HAM. Okay. Sorry. All right. To the, we're doing the news. We're doing the, just, yes, a, just a do quick update to start. We don't have to have a whole convo about no. this, but Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson's historic nomination to be the first black woman on the Supreme Court moved one step closer this week. Uh, she passed a procedural vote in the Senate Monday night, and then they will they will bring her to the floor for a final confirmation vote. Some are mad at a handful of Republicans for backing her or promising to back her. I don't know, man. Like. I, I understand that people are like, look, the Democrats fight this tooth and nail. They will do anything. They'll do fake assault charges. You know, all that, all the stuff they did to Kavanaugh. Why would you return that with some sort of civility and, and politeness? And I, I understand that argument that like, we're yeah. maybe we're unilaterally disarming in this fight because I don't agree with her judicial philosophy. However, is there a part of me, and fine, you can call it wussy, is there a part of me that longs for the days when we were like, oh, this person looks basically qualified, let's put him on the court, and we sort of shook hands and agreed on that. Yes, yes, there is. Yeah, like a sort of a, a very uh, strict reading of the advice and consent role of the yeah. Senate. Are you qualified? Don't have to agree with me, which, of course, uh, was the way it was until basically, you know, Bork. Yeah, uh, I mean, they blew, that, they blew yeah. that tradition up, so they have no right to complain. They, 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 it's true. It's true. I mean, you look back to, I mean, and there were other judges who had a lot. Anthony Scalia had a ton of support, you know. Clarence Thomas obviously did not. And I do think that because it, it, it the Democrats have the narrative, they want the, to control the narrative that they are the party of minority representation. And anytime a Republican wants to nominate, you know, a, a, a minority uh who has the potential of serving ultimately on the Supreme Court of being in a landmark position. Like if you remember Janice Rogers Brown, we talked about her as a judge, not to the Supreme Court, but the circuit level. And the same thing with Miguel Estrada, who could have been on his way to the Supreme Court as the first Hispanic judge. Those got nixed. And then it's the same party who then is, you know, would, would love nothing more than to push out Clarence Thomas. Right yes. Now. Oh yeah. The same week. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you right. know who we should get rid of. Yeah, the one that's black right. guy on the court. Let's but a bad, bad, but he doesn't count because again, it's 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 against the narrative. He's a Republicans, you know, a conservatives, you know, Supreme Court justice, and so they he doesn't count. Um, but it is also funny because the idea that Republicans want to, you know, they have a few more questions, and that it's it, and they call this grandstanding and everything else, fine. But you know, when it's a conservative nominee like Brett Kavanaugh. You know, they leave no stone unturned. We have right. to throw an investigation. We got to extend this FBI investigation into him. It's, you know, we got to go into those high school yearbooks yeah, and get, get, get your high school calendar out. What did you mean by this? And then when it's the other way around, it's let's speed it up. Come on. Uh, yeah. We don't have time. Ho- Come on. How dare you ask questions? How dare you? This professional woman is very capable of answering questions. There's nothing wrong with asking her questions, yeah, guys. That's like, it. Let's just calm down. So anyway, that that moves forward a pace. And uh, by the way, I give credit to those who who end up backing Democratic nominees, who also Republicans, who also, for instance, in the case of Susan Collins, were MVP in the Kavanaugh. Uh, oh yeah, stuff. So like you get credit with me for having stood up on those occasions, which was very hard. So 
Anyway, that moves forward. Also moving forward, the yeah, our favorite billionaire. Oh yes, Elon Musk. How about that? Elon Musk has decided that he would buy a large, large chunk of mm -hmm. publicly traded Twitter, and this self-proclaimed free speech absolutist, as of today, is now on the board. Of That's right. That's Twitter, right. That's alongside right. Alongside uh. Not the the old CEO Jack stepped away. The new CEO less friendly to front to free Agarwal. speech than Jack was. Yeah, and now Elon is is all up in the board with all his stock. That's right. For me, the question is, what are the implications of this purchase? You know, why Twitter and why now? Right? What is he going to do? What What do you think? What do you think? I mean, so a couple things about this. I I never I never like to be super sure that any billionaire is going to do the things that I want done, right? Like, yes. <laughs> however, I do think putting the fate of Twitter, which in some ways is a sort of default modern public square, mm -hmm. having Twitter be sort of directed in some way by someone who values free speech is the less oppressive of yeah. the versions of having a very powerful billionaire in charge. Yes, that's right. Spirit, right. So like a lot of people will say things I don't like, but I get to say things that other people don't like. And that is how freedom works. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Again, it's interesting, as you mentioned, uh, so he's on the board of directors and the key is, you know, to have enough control over several seats. If you could have, if, if you could, if he could add to the, if he could add seats or to people who he likes, or who are like-minded, then it gets really interesting because you're suddenly your opinion really matters. He does own more shares now, as you, I think, mentioned than founder Jack Dorsey does, right? It's 9.2% stake, but he cannot exceed 15%. And you're, you were probably wondering why I know so much about this and the, in the uh, succession. The oh. succession. <laughs> you got to get the seats. No, no, no. That's, it, that's where you do your best research. That's where I do my best research is on t from TV shows. Uh, but it is true. He cannot exceed like 14.9%. But nevertheless, it is going to be interesting how he's going to use that seat. Yeah. Well, and it, it's interesting because when um, I think and other people will have different opinions about this, but when he launched the uh, Starlink uh, satellites for internet over Ukraine to be helpful in that effort. Yeah. He also told people, no, I will not be blocking Russian propaganda and Russian state media because he said he is a free speech absolutist. Now, this says to me, even I know that some people will disagree with that decision, but this says to me that when like even in the tough situations, he's actually standing up for that principle. Yeah. Even so. when the vast majority of people would agree with him censoring state propaganda from Russia, he's right. like, nah, more information is better. Right. right? And right. that. That to me says maybe he could stand up in other situations. But again, I don't know how much control it means he has. I, I think it's interesting that they're bringing him onto the board of directors. It's sort of like the, the statement from a, from the current CEO was kind of like, we have spoken with Elon and we value his ideas. We would like him definitely to sit next to me, very close to me, so we can see what he's up to. <laughs> yeah, we, we value his input, really. And uh, I, I, it's a positive, it's a positive development. And certainly it was positive for the uh, stock of Twitter, which shot up. Yes. So. And also Elon Musk is just uh, puckish in a way that I enjoy. He, uh, yeah. he tweeted a, a perennial complaint he about did. Twitter is that, um, is that it doesn't have an edit button. And he asked his followers, his, I think he has 80 million followers or yeah, something. a ton. He asked his followers, would you like an edit button? And then the, the questions were, yes, Y-S-E, and no, O-N. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. 
That's very good. No, no, absolutely. It's a visual joke. Okay. It doesn't. That's right. No, no, it's fine. He made himself, they said, uh, at least on paper, you know, a ton of money based on, you know, his purchasing of the shares because they shot up, you know, it's like seven or 800 million in a day, you know, which would be, you could really uh, tax the hell out of that under the new Biden plan. Not that we're discussing that, but, you know, it's the the unrealized assets. This is what they're going after. I mean, the bottom line is if Bezos brings me my groceries and Musk's makes sure I can mouth off. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy with both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, same. Eh. Same plus mission to Mars in my <laughs> lifetime. Yeah. The okay. space stuff is not my jam, which I believe I've talked about before. It's like I'm missing a part of my aspirational humanity. I'm like, eh, I don't know. You know, it's funny. There are a, a couple writers uh, that I used to work with, and they were obsessed with space. Yeah. Like they really wanted to cover space for us like the latest rocket tests not even i said that the ship did the, did the rocket even leave the ground no 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 it was it was a, it was you know a grounded test you know the, the, it was just to test the edges i got you want to write about this you want to write that they that that's that's the, that's the story is that they did this test but you're killing me but some people my are really into tie, it my emotional tie to the space race is just like oh if we're doing it to beat commies i'm i'm here for it yeah no all that's for, about- we can't spend enough to beat the commies i see Yes. Okay. I see uh, Alex. He's trying to guess who I'm talking about. Actually, two writers, Alex, but one, he's <laughs> one of them. You get half credit. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'll, I'm, am I doing any transitions today on this, my birthday? No, I am not, Vic. Oh, no, you I'm get not. a birthday pass. You get a birthday pass. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a new, we talk often about the kids during uh-huh. the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And are the kids all right? And actually, I often think about, I don't know if you remember this, more than a year ago, I'm not sure at what point it was in the in the pandemic, but there was sort of a short film put out on YouTube by a young, like sh- sort of like a 14 year old, 15 year old girl, where it just did a like fast cuts of her in her room every single day wearing different outfits, oh, oh, sitting in oh, front of her okay. Zoom class. Yeah, sure. And it was very sad. It was yeah. very emotional. Some people at the time. I remember the commentary on Twitter about it. It was really beautifully done. Mm-hmm. And some people on, on Twitter at the time found it overwrought and just sort of like, oh, I mean, are the kids really going through it, right? Yeah, poor you. And I thought, I think they kind of are, guys. Yeah. I think they kind of are. That's right. Fast forward uh, to December 2021 when the Surgeon General admits like, hey, we have a teen health mental health crisis going on here. The CDC has come out with more information, a, a study on uh, some 7,500 teens, a survey. This is warning that an accelerating mental health crisis among adolescents with more than four in 10 teens reporting that they feel persistently sad or hopeless, and one in five saying they have contemplated suicide, according to the results of a survey published last week. Uh, These data are a cry for help, says Deborah Hari, a WD director at the CDC. Now, I would just like, to say that we noted last week that the CDC was in charge of whether schools would reopen and listen yeah. to teachers unions explicitly, explicitly. Uh, in, in keeping them closed. I just want to note that part of this survey says uh, the survey also offers hope, finding that teens who feel connected at school report much lower rates of poor health. The finding calls attention mm. to the critical role schools can play in students' mental health. I think I think that I, I my attention was on that very early. Yeah. Of course, it's part of their mental health. Do you remember? Do you remember Mary Catherine when kids were resilient? Remember that okay. kids were resilient. Remember when remote learning was cool? 
you know, teachers in their jammies, sipping coffee. I got to say. Kids with the video off so they could play Fortnite. That was that was my first my first sort of revulsion at the gaslighting of of COVID was mm-hmm. when my kids elementary school told me that it would be an awesome idea to put a six-year-old on Zoom for several yeah. hours a day. Yeah. And I That's thought right. to myself, that is the opposite of everything that every child health expert has told us yeah. for the past 10 years. Yeah. And I am not going to flip it on its head because it's convenient for you guys right now. Yeah. My sister has a daughter with special needs and getting her to go on to a remote Zoom class, maybe five minutes, it doesn't work. And these people said it and they were just waved off like it was no big deal. Well, and and one of the things that bugs me about the way we treated kids is that Okay. Obviously they were least at risk. We took, we took so much from them, all of their support systems, all of their activities in other places, they got them back quicker. And thank goodness for those places, those, those teens and kids, that generation in places that removed restrictions for kids sooner and got them back to sports and activities, they will be so much better off uh, Mm -hmm. than kids that were here. But what really bugs me about it is that like, because what they were doing and what they were giving up was quote unquote, the virtuous thing to do. Right. They then weren't allowed to really express feelings about being upset about it. (laughs) Like, like if you complained about missing your prom, it was like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. Well, prom is important. It graduation is a milestone. These are things that matter. They missed out on all these things and it's it's, in your life. If it was that one thing, okay, maybe, but it's cumulative. Yeah. Because we're talking about a year and a half and some places were a very long time where we live, a very long time till they went back. Everywhere else went back, even in states that were considered generally fairly liberal, like Massachusetts, they went back to school and, and, and other places remained remote. There's a yeah, great piece in Barry Weiss's Substack Common Sense called The Teen Girls Aren't Going to Forget. Their mental health is much worse than the ma- their male counterparts. Uh-huh. You've seen in a lot of studies that social media is worse for teen girls than it is for teen boys. We're going through this now. I, yeah, I can't, it's like, it's sort of this acceleration of a trend, which is some people call safetyism, which is Mm -hmm. the helicopter parenting and the snowplow parenting where you try to make sure that, that nothing endangers your child or makes your child uncomfortable. Well, that can be a dangerous trend in and of itself because they can't really grow up. Right. So instead of letting them free range in the neighborhood, which would be actually quite safe, yes. especially during COVID when nobody was around and outdoors was really safe, instead of letting, free range, letting them free range out there, we let them free range on TikTok or whatever social media, yes. yeah. which is actually quite unhealthy. And then this piece says COVID did the opposite of sort of letting kids start their lives. Instead of nudging young people out the door, it anchored them to their parents, to their bedrooms and to their screens. It's not good. No, do you know what I remember is when everybody had to be home remote, don't go out and not everybody has access to even a backyard. If you live in an apartment or somewhere and playgrounds are closed. And I remember the Washington post would have these tips about what families can do because we all don't go out. Nobody go to a restaurant, nobody do anything. And it was constantly, I keep, I kept getting these reminders about poetry slam night. (laughs) Do a poetry slam. What's wrong with that? I think, How great is that? First of all, I would like to be there for the Vic Mattis Poetry Slam. <laughs> I would, the first annual. I haven't written I haven't written a poem since I had to in English AP class in high school. 
<laughs> it was a riff um, on the heart of darkness if anyone cared anyway go ahead no I, another yeah. note from this piece is like being hermetically sealed off from bad dates bad breakups awkward conversations tough teachers and mean bosses has left young people uh even less capable of navigating the hiccups of daily life yeah now there's the other side of this court coin too which the new york times reported on which is many kids in this survey they did get tough situations those tough situations were at home yeah because sometimes well obviously parents were under a lot more stress and sometimes school is the escape mm -hmm. from what could otherwise be an abusive yeah. or very stressful household they were not able to escape those places so right. it's like the worst of both worlds here for so so many teens and the reason i uh want to remind everybody that the cdc took the advice of teachers unions is that the CDC will tell us that they're the ones to solve this problem. And I don't know what the answer is, but I know that I don't trust the CDC to tell no. us how to fix it. Again, this used to be you would throw that CDC card down and it would be end of discussion because you have this great authority on your side. And according to them, we're supposed to do this or not do this. And now that's just all, you know, it's up for grabs. It's up for grabs. And then, and then oftentimes they'll do something that even if you're more, you know, COVID cautious about, you're going to actually ignore the CDC as well. Both sides will, depending on what, 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 they, what they issue. The whole thing is a mess. I assume you are then, you remain in the John Podhortz camp of the great reckoning is coming in November. Yes, for yeah, sure. And no one's going to forget. Yeah. As it should. And the thing about it, because Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, convinced themselves that January 6th yeah. would earn the great reckoning. Right. And they're not wrong that it deserves a reckoning. The issue is that Democrats actually inspired an even greater one. Yeah. With yeah. the the policies the last few years. And yeah. just the the numbers are brutal and the responses are brutal coming out of focus groups, even among really dedicated mm -hmm. Democratic voter groups. Yep. That they are sick of inflation and gas prices and grocery prices, top of mind, right. sick of COVID restrictions. And utterly uninspired by this presidency. So I yeah. and, and that's not to say that there were not wins buttressing <laughs> the the Biden administration that they could not avoid, but you know, there's not a lot of, not a lot of confidence. I'd say I'd say the biggest win for the Biden administration will be if 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 Joe Biden can get a bill on his desk and sign it before November. And that bill is to no longer change daylight savings time, spring forward, spring back. <laughs> that could that, save him. That's it. That's it. That'd be the greatest thing. Somebody, somebody joked the other day that um, they're, they're coming out with some kind of uh, guidance on transgender athletes and high school sports and title nine, or not just high school, but title nine and, and that guidance yeah. from the federal government. And someone said, you know, if they could come out with this in September or October, Republicans would win roughly 800 of 435 seats <laughs> it's baffling and it's bad they're they're all in on this and not to you know i, I we're, we're going a little bit off the rails here but you know it, with all these problems that were you know this this teen mental health crisis and everything that we're discussing here and they're expending a lot of capital and energy on things like you know the transgender issue yeah. and weighing in birth birthing people Right, right. Things no, of that nature. That's where the focus is. And people yeah. understandably, even if they don't disagree with the administration yeah. on these yeah. things, yeah. are like, this is not really eye on the ball stuff here. But yeah. uh, let me let me just play a clip of Biden. He's got his eye on the ball. When I was a young senator, 
I was a, there was a guy who uh, ran steel from Deemer Steel out to Ohio. And uh, so I decided to ride out with him to see what it was like on the strike. And I was driving, going through Shiloh, Ohio. And, uh, and we, he, he was, his handle was Big Ten. And remember, everybody, all the truck stops were being blockaded at the time during the strike. And he, uh, he called, he said, Big Ten wanting to come in. I forget exactly how he said it. And the, and the only woman truck driver ever knew I met that day, she said, this is Big Mama, no room. <laughs> Swear to God, true story. Swear to God. He said, he said, Did you understand that story, Vic? Big Ten. Ten four. Ten four. <laughs> I, I got it. It's, no, the uh, Washington Free Beacon, courtesy of the Washington Free Beacon clip yeah. of Biden just talking about, I, I don't know. Who knows what, but that's okay. You know, it's, you know, you know what he meant, Mary Catherine. You know what he meant. He's, I'm not sure I do. I'm not <laughs> sure that I do. No, but this is. This is like a a reckoning is coming, not just at the ballot box, but just in people's lives. And it's it's very sad on top of, on yeah. top of yeah. all the other stuff. But there was actually, I noticed, and I, there was a New York Times investigative reporter who tweeted this weekend, or maybe at the end of last week, her astonishment that people were already traveling. <laughs> she said, this is April 1st, 2022. Yeah. How are people already traveling so frequently? I have not left New York since the start of the pandemic. Now, I got a couple questions. I know you can do some online reporting, but what exactly are we investigating as a reporter if we cannot leave the city? (laughs) And also, it is just sad that some people have lived that way when they really didn't need to. Particularly, she's she's quite a young woman. You didn't need to live that way. Mm -mm makes me very thankful that my family decided not to live that way and then concerned that the media in this country and therefore the narrative about the pandemic is dictated by people like this whose yeah. risk analysis is beyond and a version yeah. yeah that's right this reminds me of when we would do our occasional zoom happy hours with my good friends from home my high school buddies and everyone. And some of them would be like, well, yeah, I'm going, I uh, we went to the restaurant uh, for, for the first time. We took our family and oh, well, what was that like? And then I would always say, oh yes. I said, you know, we started going back to restaurants as well. We started going back in uh, the beginning of March, 2020. That's, that's <laughs> when we started to come back and they'd all laugh. They know how I am. They, 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 they know how we are that, you know, my yeah. feelings, I don't have to get it. And I know, I know some of them really probably don't agree with me and they, you know, but, but they laugh. And the truth is I would, if, if a restaurant was open, I was not afraid to go in that restaurant and support that business. And no, I, they're yeah. there. We're there, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm told, I get it in, in May of 2020, when I was back at Waffle House, not everybody wants to be there. First of all, the service was great. The food was great. Very few people there left a big tip. I understand not everybody wants to be there in that situation. I felt fine with it. By the time we had vaccines, the situation should have changed. Mm -hmm. And it just never did, except for a brief couple of months in the summer of 2021. Yes, it was a small window of... Is, yeah. yeah. At any rate, <laughs> no one can see us, but I'm like, oh, we're coming out. That was my thing. <laughs> okay, we got to get the video. You got to get the video. I just, I don't know how we find our way out of this for some people who who need to do some do some work, probably in therapy, to get out of it. Especially if the 
national media is telling stories from the perspective of someone who hasn't left a city for two years, which really really was not necessary for safety's sake. No. And I'm sure they find it baffling and, 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 and both baffling and a betrayal when they saw the state of the union and everybody's there and everything is, you know, like it's normal. They, they, they're not ready to go. I don't think they're, they're ever going to go back to normal. Uh, it's, it's going to, again, it makes me sad. And I, and I hope that it's, even though it's reflected so much in media, I hope that just overstates the amount of it because you can see a lot of this. Like I shut my kid in a, in a guest room when they had COVID. It's like, Mm -hmm. girl, she's four. Maybe don't Mm -hmm. do that. You see a lot of those kind of reactions in media and they are incentivized in media. And I hope there's a lot less of that, but uh, it's going to take some work to get get out of it. And I know this was not on our list, but it goes with the story, which is that New York City is just blatantly extending the mandate for for masking toddlers only. Mary Catherine, that's because they're not vaccinated yet. You got to get the two-year-olds vaccinated. Don't you see? Then it's okay. By the way, Kathy Griffin responded on a thread. uh, I saw that too. To a woman who spoke up for her toddler saying, look, you know, I had to have half a lung removed because of cancer. And if I need your kid to to mask, then like your kid should mask. Okay. Okay. Look, she's had four shots. If, If that's not enough. If toddlers masking, again, toddlers can't mask Mm -hmm. effectively and cloth masks definitely don't work on them. If that's what's required on top of your four shots, then no one will ever live again. I mean, it's just, again, this this is an unfair act of your fellow citizens, particularly tiny, tiny children who do not need to be masked. Do I have to go back to my fresh flower story yet again? Which is, the, you know, and it's it's unfortunate. Okay, and, and, and I feel bad. And she had a lung removed. I get it. And she's immunocompromised. I get it. But people have been immunocompromised for a very long time, you know, and, and, and people have been around without masks. And this variant now is far less lethal than past variants, as you know. And if you are vaxxed and if you are boosted, then you are probably going to be safe from the child who does not have a mask, assuming you're going up to that child and spending considerable time with that child. But again, with the fresh flowers thing, you know, if you're on chemo, you know, what do they say? You know, no fresh flowers in the patient's room. They don't say we must ban fresh flowers from anywhere because these people can wander around, you know, going around uh, town. And if you have a fresh flower out, you know, that's bad for them. No, they're the ones who have to make that adjustment. It's unfortunate but that's how it works. I think we've, to some extent, lost track of our cultural de- definition of who's do, like, who is the bully in this situation? Yeah. Is yeah. the bully a two-year-old who is being forcibly masked mm-hmm. because that two-year-old is putting Kathy Griffin, by the way, a New York toddler is putting Kathy Griffin, who yeah. no doubt was in LA in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I think you're yeah. one than six feet apart. So is the two-year-old the bully? Or is the grown woman who wants to forcibly mask the toddler who has four shots available to her the bully in this situation? Do you do you think, by the way, uh, that we might be, you know, exaggerating the harm that the masks do to the kids? Because remember the columnist in the L.A. Times who talked about her sixth grade daughter and how much she loved masks. She wore it to school. She ran gym class and then even at home. What is the big deal? Well, look. 
I, I have she no feels doubt. safer. She feels safer. I have no doubt that some children will come out of it funny, right? Yeah. I think those children are more likely to be the ones whose parents did not pretend that their mask yeah. was make or break, right? Yeah. They're like, okay, we do, we play the game, we do the thing, okay. we go to school, and we wear yeah. the mask, right? Yeah. But again, you're a grown lady who has four vaccines at yeah. your disposal, mm -hmm. and you're yelling at the two-year-olds. It's yeah. just, yeah. there's an imbalance here. Not to mention that the effectiveness of the booster for people under 50 is not that effective. Yeah. Eventually, you're just going to need to take a, 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 a vaccine or a booster every month, but I don't think it's supposed to work that way. Yeah. Thank but you that's where we are. Anyway, we, we got to get to our, yeah, we got to get to our sponsor, Ivermectin. Let's go. <laughs> you know, remember that listener, Mary Catherine, remember the listener who was like, enough with the mass talk? Oh, okay. You know if you're still listening, thank you. We're done. I promise you. I promise you. We're, we're done. No, we're never, we're never going to be done. No, I'll be, I'll be done when they stop masking toddlers. I mean, honestly, okay. that's that's good. no, I saw one the other day. We were at a restaurant and she was, you know, this two-year-old, the dad, no, no one else in the family is, is, is masked. The dad's there. He's not masked. And this tiny little girl with a mask. And again, maybe she is. I don't know her story. I didn't go ask, but I can't help but think that there are probably some kids who are not immunocompromised, two-year-olds who are wearing masks. Yeah. That's my thought. And for those kids, I feel bad. Yeah. Ah, and the, and the, reason, the reason I talk about it too is because I think the tables need to turn. We're in a new chapter. The tables need to turn. Yeah. <laughs> where no, we're not. We're very concerned. <laughs> you need to be the one who is donning a very good mask. Yeah. And the rest of, especially the young people, yeah. can go about their business so that we can prevent things like mm -hmm. giant, like, suicide attempt suicide ideation if we could if we could prevent, yeah. prevent that by letting a bunch of people who are young and not at risk go back to a real life that'd yeah. be great if we're going to acknowledge when we really need to acknowledge the other in terms of this health crisis it's not just the covid but it's about depression and suicide drugs if it weren't for inflation this president's economic performance would be unmatched it's the it's the unemployment number. She's focused on that unemployment number. That is that is a heck of a that's a heck of a lead. Uh, so I'll read you a bit from. The, I'm, I, I like. I'm curious what the comments were, but go ahead. For the 11th straight month, the U.S. economy in March added at least 400,000 jobs. That's simply extraordinary, and job growth shows little sign of slowing anytime soon. In a remarkably short period of time, far sooner than virtually all respected prognosticators expected, the United States has recaptured nearly all 93% of jobs lost during the coronavirus pandemic. President Biden on Friday touted the fastest decline in unemployment to start a president's term ever recorded. Well, <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, you will gain back jobs quickly if for a year and a half you tell people they cannot work and then allow them to work again. That is like if, if you unplug the refrigerator and then plug it back in, you, yes. will, you will in fact see power restored to the refrigerator very quickly. I have, okay. So I have to, uh, I have to confess, you know, as you know, I, you know, you, you send these topics the day before and I try to do my homework. I, I, I check out the links. I read the stories. I write out my script, as you know, which is actually right. Now, because I'm talking to you on Zoom, it's like a teleprompter. I'm just looking at it right now. And but I but but in the words of Don Corleone, this I cannot do. I couldn't <laughs> read the column. I couldn't do it. I saw the headline. Then somebody go, no, 
no, I can't do it. So, and I believe me, I've read plenty of Jed Rubin in my time at the Weekly Standard as an editor, yes. and, and 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 it was fine then. It's I don't I don't think it's fine now. She has a massive following, by the way, a massive following. Although oh. I don't know what percentage of that following is still the people who enjoyed her writings before 2016. No, I mean uh, the lesson is that anyone who's willing to just spoon feed whatever a certain segment of the population wants to hear mm-hmm. in sometimes just more and more outrageous terms uh, in order to please that tribe, that, that tribe of politics. Yeah. But you will yeah. get a following. You will yeah. get a following. Yeah, yeah. I try n- not to do that. I'd make more money if I did. No, it's true. She concedes not all is rosy. However, wages have surged, but inflation is rising faster. In February, prices were 7.9% higher than a year prior. That means the vast majority of Americans who never lost their jobs during the pandemic may be in a worse position now than before the economy tanked. Couple that with an almost daily reminder that the cost of food, gas, housing, and most everything else has gone up. And it's easy to understand why so many people think the state of the economy is poor, despite record level job creation. Yes. Other than that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Oh, very good. I was trying to find the equivalent. Like, what is that phrase? What is the what is the thing I'm trying to do here? Oh, that's the one. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's just this one small thing. You know, it's just the uh it's yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. I, I can't and it's and it but it because it's insane, but it's it, it but you know, I mean I, she has a column and I, I, it really, again, it's funny. It's just this minor thing. It's just this one minor thing called inflation. I, you know, I got my credit card statement the other day. I go through it line by line. That's what, you know, in, 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 my, in the house, in the family responsibilities, I'm in charge of all the, the money stuff. Kate has to deal with the furnace. I, I'm surprised she hasn't rebuilt it herself. But for me, I actually, you know, will look at each line. And what I'm noticing is every trip to the supermarket is like hundred hundred something dollars. You know what I mean? And it's, it, everything is much more. I saw we had like a pound or so of like sliced ham, deli ham in the fridge. And it was something like, I don't know, $26 or something insane from, from Harris Teeter. You can't go deli, man. These are not the times for going deli. I, it's deli I'm talking about sandwich meat. This is crazy. I'm going to have to switch to bologna. Get the prepackaged. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, right. Go back, real. Yeah. back to Oscar Myers. I was saying back to my Oscar Meyer days. You know, I'd bring, Oscar Mayer, I'll you bring it back to bologna. Lower than that. You need to go yeah, to, you need to go to. Oh, oh. <laughs> All the right. yeah. Yeah. Done. You know what it's time for? America, it's time to go back to potted meat. It's time to go back to deviled ham. I do not object to that. As I know you said, <laughs> that's a delicacy. You should get that on your birthday. Yes. As I, I actually should. As I have said, <laughs> uh, this is my apocalypse uh, superpower. My yeah. digestive system will be just fine because I have practiced for years with body meats and cured meats. Yes, and same. I'm going same. to insist on that while the rest of you are in the woods behind a tree. I'm going to be fine. No, no, that's exact. And same, and same. You know, like uh, when you get a, uh, I'll roast a chicken and I'm sometimes disappointed when the giblets are not in there. <laughs> I'm like, what do we have? I'm like, oh, that's a large heart, you know? And I'm like, Gosh. You know, it's that little neck in there. What's wrong with a little neck there? Gizzards. Okay, it's all good. And liver, that's the best. Liver is the best, <laughs> people. You know, in lean times, it start, we need to resort to offal. That's she what could, we need. should have given the teens more potted meat. <laughs> yes, potted meat. That's what I had, potted meat on Wonder Bread. Anyway, Ooh, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> you are you are correct that voters, much like uh, you and I, will not just wave away the inflation rates because 
job creation post pandemic looks okay. By the way, and I don't want, to, I'm, I'm very glad that we have replaced so many of these jobs, but I would also like to note uh, in memoriam for the many jobs yes. that we lost during the pandemic, many of which were very small businesses, yeah. Yeah. which never come back. No, and we're a lot of people. No. Life no. streams. Yeah. And so that makes me sad because now those are replaced and that's, that's, you know, we, this was not creative destruction. This was just destruction right. uh, of many people's livelihoods and businesses. And that makes me sad, but I, I'm going to try to be hopeful. The reckoning will come at the ballot box because uh, even even Jen Ribbon notes this is this is about as bad as her rhetoric gets. That is bad news for Democrats' chances in the midterms. So, oh, so she's calling it. She's not saying that it's going to be. They're not going to be able. Well, she's hoping the to Fed, hold the line. She's hoping the Fed will bring down inflation without driving the country into a recession. But that's a big mm-hmm. if. Mm-hmm. There's some bad indicators around the corner about this, but probably we'll have to discuss on a very near in the very near future of the show but in the meantime that wraps up another edition of getting hammered remember you can subscribe to us on itunes google play and stitcher please tell your friends and you can follow me on twitter at victorino mattis mary Catherine, happy birthday thank you i'm at mk hammer on twitter uh and substack you can follow me at mk hammer time on instagram thank you for being here on my birthday really it's the day after now but whatever we're all celebrating together maybe i'm still celebrating just kidding i'm 42 i'm asleep (laughs) you need to keep it under control people she's Uh, sleeping you're sleeping right now as people are listening to this i'm gonna have some i'm gonna have some melting pot and not try to overdo it guys all right thank you so much for being here this has been a nebulous media podcast (laughs) 